Hi there, and welcome to the Startup Tips Podcast. Your hosts, Scott and Nathan, are here to help you navigate the waters of entrepreneurship and startup success. Starting a business is hard. Scott and Nathan know it because they have been there. They want to use their knowledge, experience, and mistakes to help struggling tech enthusiasts get their businesses off the ground. They will cover everything from developing a business idea to building your team and launching an MVP. They will go broad and they will get technical to give you essential tips to get you on your way to creating a successful startup. Let's get started. Here are Scott and Nathan. Welcome, welcome. Hey, Scott, how you doing? Good. How are you, Nathan? I'm good. I haven't talked to you in a little while. I know. That's been my bad. Life's been busy. Life's been busy. Good busy? Uh, Yeah, but just like inconvenience busy, you know, like stuff like that. Being successful, right? And having too much to do is such an inconvenience. (laughs) Come on. I don't know. I don't think moving kind of... It's a happy problem. Are we going to have the same view? And again, for those of you who are just listening to this, please check out the video on YouTube because I hope we get to keep the same view when you move. I can make it happen. I can make it Awesome. Yeah. Um, What are we talking about today? Um, Well, that's a good question, Scott. I think, um, you know, we're kind of thinking, brainstorming about kind of our our sequence of of episodes here and where where we're at, sorry, and kind of starting our our technology product and idea. And we uh, uh, spoke about a founder, you know, finding a partner or founder a couple episodes ago. Um, Last week, we talked a little bit about, you know, how do you choose what, like, uh, I guess, technology space to build your your idea in? Do you need require mobile apps or not? We touched on that a little bit last week. Um, So now I feel like we're maybe a good place to to get going. And let's say you and I are partners on this thing, and we get started, and we would start building uh, a little little project here, maybe company. What sort of tools do we need in our tool belt to get going, to run both a company and then uh, a project like this, a technology project and product? Yeah, this one I like this one a lot because I feel like I feel like you can spend a lot of it's pretty much the theme of our of our chats. You can spend a lot of time doing things that don't really matter um, or that don't make huge impact. And knowing your tool tool set, I think having a baseline is really helpful. For example, we use Zoom for video calls and recording and, and our podcasts and stuff. We communicate over Slack so that we can just chat whenever we also text each other, but we can keep all of our information in Slack. Um, and then we start going off into the more technical ones. So if you have a code base or you're building a product, you might want something like uh, GitHub or GitLab. Um, and when you get kind of deeper into the project management of that, you might need a place to host documentation or um, tickets. And so something like Notion or um, Jira are, are really powerful tools or Asana. Um, so that kind of, those are the high level ones. Um, did I miss any? I think we could go on and talk about this for hours, I'm sure. And um, the listeners here, people who interact with us on, on you know, YouTube and other places will probably share their ideas and their favorite tools. Um, before I go into answering your question, I'm curious if, to, if I put you on the spot here and said you can pick 
one tool and only one tool to get this off the ground, what would that be? Or let's say, so that's my question, but you could also think of it as, you know, what's the first tool that you would pick for us to get going on this technology Slack. product? Slack for sure would be the Why? first one. Um, just ease of communication. And then if you need to add people, it's fairly easily, a uh, very, fairly easy. Um, yeah, I would say Slack. That's the first one I always download when starting a, a project or getting added to a Slack mm -hmm. to help people with projects. Um, that's the main one. It, it's easy to share things, really easy to communicate. Um, and then probably the second one I would find, well, it depends if you, do you need to build a product yet or not? Or like, if you don't have a code base, kind of GitHub, GitLab's out of the picture. Yeah, and I think I think the GitLab, GitHub, like the the technology component of this should probably be its own conversation. Sure. I okay. think we might go down That's a fair. rabbit hole. At this um, point, we're still kind of starting our quote company. Yeah, okay. Um, and we're gonna start working together on this as partners, right? Okay what what's your your tool belt or your toolbox like to get this started right obviously um, stripe because you're going to be sending me all the money but other than that um slack slack's the first slack, one slack's number one and then i would say no close number two is notion for documentation and project management i think those are those will get you really far um, nice i think having somewhere to document things and share um ideas is really important um yeah i think those two so why why do you like notion i guess and what would you why would you pick notion over so i don't know maybe like the google suites right google documents google drive mm -hmm. google slides you know all this stuff and i say that simply because I don't know what the percentage is but probably a whole lot of people and most people have some gmail account mm -hmm whether active yeah, or not, they're kind of accustomed to the Google space. Um, okay, fair point. Um, well, I guess another way to ask is, yeah, what do you, why Notion, why do you like Notion? It must do something better than. I think it, I think it integrates the best parts of different types of products into one landscape. I, I do know that for newer people to notion even myself it's like kind of overwhelming but now that i've used it enough i find it really nice and productive also um you can deploy uh your documentation as web pages if you want to share with people or send them links or it's very easy to say like oh if someone gets added to my email list then i'm going to send them like my top 10 favorite things and i can just deploy a notion page that I can edit whenever I want. Um, so you get some benefits that might be a little bit more mature, but if you're comfortable with Google Suite, I think that's a great, I appreciate the, the question because I think that's a better place to start. Yeah, I'm, I don't necessarily have a dog in this fight, right? I, I like Notion very much, yeah. the product, right? And what they offer. I also use the, the Google Suite a whole lot. And I'm just wondering, you're right, you know, our conversations have always been through the lens of, you know, how do you get started with the least amount of friction? Mm -hmm. um, Notion's and, higher friction for sure. Yeah. 
That's, yeah, that's my impression, at least. And, you know, Google provides a lot of these, as I'm sure does Microsoft and a bunch of other just, you know, large players in the space, but they offer access to all these, you know, kind of productivity suites um, or productivity suites uh, for, you know, not a lot of money or free, right, yep. in most 100%. cases, and they're very easy and they integrate with, um, you know, all these other tools, right? 100%. So what else would you use on top of Slack and Notion and or, you know, the Google suite? I mean, we use, so Slack, you can do calling in, which is pretty cool. I may be only at premium, um, but Zoom for sure. Mm -hmm. The big one, just video calling or yeah. uh, which integrates well with Slack. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Google Meet. And also you can record your calls and share them if someone's not able to make it. Um, I think Zoom gives you a lot of uh, nice tools out of the box um, for collaboration. Um, yeah. Those are the main ones for sure. What are your favorite Slack integrations or most used Slack integrations, right? Mm, Zoom. Zoom Slack integration for sure. Um, it, when you start working, maybe like start working with two or three people and you need to know where everyone's at, they have really good like status update integrations for you to mm -hmm. share. Um, I think the one's called Status Hero, which is pretty cool. Um, also, I know you don't you use like uh, uh, Slack integration for like notifications on email signups or something. You have a Slack integration for some something like that. Yeah, so we do. Um, for one of our companies, we do use um, Slack in, in that way. And essentially, it's not really a Slack, I guess, out of the box feature per se, but it's one of the things that I really like about Slack is how uh, well adopted it is and how rich, feature rich it is, um, that it has, um, you know, a lot of tutorials and how to's and document, you know, just documentation online that helps you build additional things, additional integrations or features that Slack may not have out of the box. Namely, the one you're referring uh, or talking about, sorry, is the integration that we did between our um, mailing uh, campaign software mm. uh, for one of our businesses and um, Zapier or Zapier. I never know how to pronounce that, you know, uh, integrations platform, right? Zapier.com. Um, and essentially what we've done is anytime there's, you know, specific activities uh, on our website, that activity gets piped into Zapier, this integration platform that we use to connect a bunch of different tools and services, and then just messages us into Slack because that's where we spend most of our day to say, hey, somebody signed up for your newsletter or somebody, you know, contact you through this, you know, form or stuff like that. And it just pops up in Slack so that I can stay in Slack and keep being productive in Slack. Awesome. What's your outside of my top three, I guess, did, did, would you say you have other ones that are in your top three? So, no, I would say, so I'd repeat Slack for sure. I think that would be number one, primarily because, um, I have grown um, accustomed to just 
you know, working with Slack as a tool. And that is for all the reasons that you, you know, talked about all of the features that come out of the box, but it's um, all the things that, you know, small things, like I set reminders for myself in Slack all the time, because it has this concept of slash commands, right? Where you could just do oh, that's slash cool. remind. And I just start typing, oh, I need to call Scott at five tomorrow. So Whoa, I, I didn't know that. There you go. Whoa. <laughs> so you could do slash remind me to call Scott's tomorrow at five and you just type it out in natural language and it'll set a reminder. So if you're in Slack, then you get a ping. So oh, I need to do, and I use that a lot, for example, for uh, just generally keeping track of work that I need to do, you know, calls, text, production, you know, artifacts, contributing, you know, code reviews, whatever it may be, um, so that I just, you know, download it or get it out of my head in the form of reminders in Slack so that I don't have to remember this stuff. Um, there's, you know, for the obvious reasons that you mentioned, just the communication platform that it is, right? Uh, for you and I in this context, right? Or myself and whoever else I'm working with to be able to talk on a regular basis, daily basis. One of the things that I use Slack for the most is um, it keeps like a historical context and historical data of our exchanges, right? So you never lose the information. You can easily go back and search uh, you know, your conversations. Um, uh, and that is super helpful, right? I, I know a lot of people that try to run a business or an idea or a project, whatever it may be, using group text messages. Good luck trying to find anything. If you have to go back after 138 text messages between 12 people and say, what's the address again? And yes, before we get shot down, I do understand there are search features on our phones <laughs> that allow you to search your text messages. It's just not as convenient, right? So um, do that a lot. And then the first thing that I do is, uh, you know, set it up with, set up the integrations with all of our tools. So set it up with the Google productivity suite so that I can comment on Google Docs from Slack directly and don't have to leave Slack or I can see activity from others in shared documents. Same with Zoom, same with, um, uh, you know, my uh, Asana board, my kind of, you know, uh, CRM and kind of, you know, project management tool. Uh, we use Asana quite a bit. Um, so yeah, Slack's a big one. One that is maybe not obvious in this particular context, but I think app number two that I've always kind of you know, installed on any new device or ensured I had access to when starting any new kind of project like we're talking about here is uh, some form of password manager. Mm, uh, good one. Oh, they, sorry, I stole your thunder there. Scott, oh, but. no, I'm glad you said that because I should have said that as number one or two. Yeah, it's, it's typically on any new device. It is the first application that I install mm. um, in a context like this. I would probably go with Slack so we can get going. But why say password manager? So obviously there's all the security benefits of using a password manager, or sorry, I should say properly using a password manager, because if you use the same, hi, my password is password one, two, three for every single site that you use, but you just store it in a password manager, defeats the purpose. But if you can get like, um, uh, you know, passwords, diverse, long, complex passwords that are different for every single app, site, everything that you use, you're obviously more secure but even putting aside the kind of the, the security benefits of a password manager in a context like this, where this finds, uh, where, where I find it very helpful when you're starting a project like this, collaborating with somebody on a project like this is you can store 
all your credentials, all passwords to all of the things that you might need to get started. And um, more importantly, share them securely with the other individual, right? So for example, if we're still cost conscious early on in starting our company or whatever, right, our project, we might subscribe to one account of, you know, product A or service A, it doesn't matter which it is, but we might share credentials at first as we kick the tires, as we get going before we get any revenue or anything like that to purchase a second, third, 10th, whatever subscription for that particular service. So you could just say, hey, Scott, I'm sharing with you the password for, you know, the username and password for this website in, in this password manager and you get it securely. And uh, therefore it's easier to kind of collaborate and share secure information mm. that way. Um, that's great. So that's one you didn't mention that. Yeah. I have. Wow. No, that's, thank you for mentioning that. It's amazing how many people don't leverage like one password is $3 or something. Um, and it's a lifesaver. One, you don't have to remember your passwords. Two, they're secure passwords and you can have some rotation policy in there. Yeah. Um, you can also store secure notes of like very important documents, yeah. stuff exactly. like that. Like sharing important passwords over Slack is not a good idea. Sharing them over email is not a good idea. Um, I would even say it's a bad idea. It's a bad it's idea. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, and on top of that, just piggybacking on, off of the one password, um, I think everyone should enable multi-factor authentication. It's something yes. I've slipped on a few times with some platforms and it's always bit me in the ass. And then I think there's another one that I would add to the list. Um, especially if you're starting like a, and maybe this is kind of borderline with more of the, the technology tool belt conversation that we're going to have at a later point in time, right? But a, a good like text editor, a good like mm. um, simple, you know, I'm not talking about your Apple pages or, you know, Word, you know, Microsoft Word or like the Google Docs or anything like that, but like a Visual Studio code or a, a sublime text editor or something, but something very basic for taking basic notes um, and being able to kind of organize, open, view, you know, kind of, a, you know, plethora of different file types in mm. one place easily without all of the, the heavy, you know, Chrome and experience and all of that functionality and features on top of it, but something simple. I think that's a great, a great call. Something I didn't realize was so powerful is writing in Markdown um, for note-taking, collaborating yeah. on virtually any website. They usually support Markdown. Yeah. Um, and for those that don't know, Markdown is like a like a style of writing text where you can bold text, you can italicize, but all within the within the content that you write. Um, so it makes it way faster than selecting everything and then toggling the bold or italics or whatever. Um, so no, that's that's a really good point. Just being learning how to view these different file types um, that maybe your computer natively doesn't support, or maybe it's too hard to read in. Apple text editor yeah. or app notes, right? Yeah. Um, 
Gotcha. And then, yeah, the, the, I guess the last one, I mean, we already touched on it, but kind of in my list, I would definitely recommend, or what I do personally is go to like a Google, you know, suite documents uh, or Google uh, suites first for docs, spreadsheet, because it can open any, almost any form of document. Uh, spreadsheets, the same, same thing, like any form of spreadsheets, right? You could create slides. We talked about this in several episodes in the past. We can easily kind of draw prototype stuff. Um, so I would definitely go to a, a G Suite type um, portfolio products before going to a Notion, which is a bit higher friction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and the Google product suite also allows you to, you know, publish web pages, like you were saying, right? So a lot of this stuff you could do easily. Um, so I would, I would def definitely recommend that to start. Cool. Awesome. Anything well, else are, from you? What's that? that? You would, anything else from you, Scott, that you would add in your no, tool belt? No, I, I think this is a really good start. The only, I think once, I think once you break after this point, you get more into the managing your tech stack and making decisions on third parties, where you host your code, how you deploy it, um, payments. So. All of which we'll get to, obviously, yeah. but those warrant their own conversation. Right, right. Those are interesting and more, you know, lengthy conversations to have. Right. So I think this is a really good, like, um, we talked about the main ones that just before the jump off point of where we need to go deeper. Um, so, yeah. Awesome. Well, we can jump deeper and dive into those uh, next week when we chat. Then. Sounds good. All right. Well, thanks again, Thank as always, Scott. And if you want to tell us about your productivity tools, let us know in YouTube. Great plug. Thanks. Nathan. All right. Take care. All. Cheers, Scott. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Startup Tips podcast. Be sure to share your comments and questions and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. And tune in next time for more insight and advice from the Startup Tips podcast.